This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the performing arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Center on iTunes and subscribe for free. Welcome to this episode of the National Arts Centre NACOcast series. My name is Sean Rice and I'm the second clarinetist with the National Arts Centre Orchestra. We've got a great episode in store for you today as our maestro, Alexander Shelley, is in the studio to talk about next season's opening festival for the orchestra. Welcome, and thanks for taking the time to join us today. Hi there. You are, by the way, not only the second clarinetist, you're one of the finest bass clarinetists uh, in the world, so you've got <laughs> to add you. that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, next season, the opening festival is this huge array of Scandinavian and northern music yep. Canadian Scandinavian music right yep it is it's uh, our ideas of North Festival mm-hmm. and um, so the, the the sort of initial idea or the reason for for, for doing this was um, 150 years of Canada mm-hmm. 100 years of uh, Finnish independence mm-hmm. uh, both being celebrated in 2017 and in fact October is is pretty much the hundredth anniversary of the uh, oh, really? the okay. October Revolution, okay. the, the the revolution in Russia, which led course, directly right, to yeah. the independence. So, so that was the initial idea, and um, as as so often happens, there were various other elements that played a role. Um, we, as an orchestra, happened to have a very close relationship with John Storgard, the principal's mm-hmm. guest conductor, who's of course Scandinavian. Hannu Lintu has been here regularly. Um, the symphonies of Sibelius are also a set of works that I think are very interesting for any orchestra to work on. It's a, it's a, it's a distinct language, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very rich. There's a lot in it, and it also suits our size orchestra very beautifully. Mm-hmm. So uh, the celebrations, the anniversaries, the relationships with artists, and repertory ideas um, played a role in saying, okay, what could we explore between Finland and Canada? Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, as often happens, that idea was there. And then in, in meetings, we started to throw ideas around. We started to talk about what what is, are there similarities between Canada and Finland? Uh, there's the geographical element. There's the, these are both Nordic countries. Um, what does that throw up? What does it mean to be in a Nordic country? And so we started to, you know, the, the idea started to evolve. And, and bit by bit, this idea of North mm-hmm. started to to uh, rear its head, and and again, then there was the connection to we were talking about Canadian artists, sort of world famous artists. Who are they in the classical uh, area? It's it's of course Glenn Gould. He mm-hmm. is he's probably the most famous Canadian classical musician of the last hundred years, mm-hmm. let's say. And why was he famous? Well, his great playing, but also his his magnetic personality, his very, very interesting take on life and the, the world of music, but also his broader interests. And, of course, he had a show called Ideas of North, mm. uh, a, a radio broadcast that was part of his Solitude trilogy where, you know, he was very interested in broadcasting and talking about music. And, and so this idea of North kept on coming back to us. And so we thought, well, that's it. You know, we, <laughs> we, it does feel right because we, we're interested in exploring... Um, Canadian 
culture and music alongside Finnish uh, culture and music. But let's extend it. Let's extend it and say, well, what is it that brings us countries together? What is it that brings the other Nordic countries together? And frankly, I think there's the potential here for this to be something that isn't just a one-off festival. It may be something we could return to in the future mm. as a sort of brand, the idea of North, mm-hmm. and, and, and it continue to explore, yeah. So you will have Hanno Lintu, yourself, yep. and, and John Storgards as the principal conductors throughout the festival, yep. right? And so our audience can expect to hear most of the Sibelius symphonies. Yep. Um, they're going to hear some music by Sariaho, the violin concerto. Exactly, where John will be playing. Yes. Which is very exciting. cool. I've, I've got a list here. So we've got, basically in terms of Coppola's, Sibelius will be the symphonic focal point. Mm-hmm. Then we have music by Summers, we have music by Vivier, we have music by Debussy. Those are the n- uh, not living composers. Mm-hmm. And then we have Anna- Alexina Louis, Matthew Whittle, and Sariaho as, mm-hmm. as uh, living composers. Um, and uh, a world premiere will be included, the Matthew Whittle uh, um, uh, piece for piano. Alexina Louis' uh, triple concerto, that will be a, an Ottawa premiere. This is a co-commission between the three orchestras, the, mm. the TSO, the MSO, and, and us. So a nice range. Yeah, yeah and it's uh, you mentioned Matthew Whittle. It's interesting. I think he's from the Ottawa region, right? He's I a, believe so. Yes, yeah. he's a he Canadian. He and I have actually never met. But, yeah. I've never met him either. He's a very successful composer yeah. working in, in Helsinki, I think. Yeah, exactly. From from Ottawa. And, uh, he's have a, you ever he, played any of his music? Not or? yet. No, oh, really? but I've listened. Yeah. It's fabulous. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited that he's on the... Mm. On the roster for next year, I think our yeah. audiences are going to really enjoy hearing yeah. a, a local guy come home in a way. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and what about Louis? Have you ever played any of her? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, love it. It's great yeah. music, yeah. yeah. Um, can you speak to the the language of Sibelius and 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 the ideas huh. you were... You, the, the idea, this Nordic idea, because like, for me, it's I've always gravitated towards his language and his sound. I've always thought it actually kind of embodies some of that Canadian... Mm. Um, landscape and soundscape and and feel. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I was just I was just looking at my. There was a quote um, from Glenn Gould about his idea of North mm-hmm. uh, shows, and uh, or maybe it was about a commentary on his shows, but about a withdrawal from the world and um, the the sort of elements of being in Nordic countries the the cold, the distance, but also the community mm-hmm. and the warmth that comes as as a contrast yeah. to that, that people create that because they don't have it in their environments. And it's, of course, it's, it's an interesting conversation in itself. How much does the place that someone lives and works define what they produce? Yeah. Um, and But it is very tempting when you listen to uh, Sibelius' music 
to hear the North in it. I mean, from a purely musical point of view, he he was he was there at the end of the sort of romantic period, late romantic period, going into to the mid twentieth century. You know, he 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 lived from the end of the nineteenth century into the mid twentieth century, um, and where you have people like Mahler expanding the the symphonic form just more and more, mm-hmm. turning to these sort of huge giant stars. <laughs> um, actually, the the flow, I mean, it's simplistically put, but the flow of Sibelius' symphonies is the reverse. They become more and more compact. Mm-hmm. Um, it was why it was important to me that we start the festival with the first and end it with the seventh. It sounds like an obvious thing to do, but for those people that come to the festival and follow that roughly you'll get a sort of chronology of the symphonies. Mm-hmm. You'll see that he starts in in the vein in some ways of sort of structurally Beethoven, there's elements of Bruckner, but then there's also m- melodic uh, uh, and motivic influences from Tchaikovsky and Borodin in the first symphony. So it's sort of between the, the Central European school and then the Russian school. Mm-hmm. Um, but he... Uh, he, in the course of his symphonies, one of the things he does a lot is 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 work with um, structures and sort of phases within um, the music, so that it gives this impression of continual organic growth mm-hmm. and sometimes of abstraction. Um, like you're looking at a, an impressionist image, mm-hmm. um, or or that you're in the middle of a pointillist sort of painting and you can't get far enough back to see what the right, hell's going yeah, yeah. on. You know? And I think that's why Sibelius has an interesting draw for audiences because they they can feel the tectonic shifts in the music, mm. but it's sometimes only for a moment that you see it come together. Yeah. And I think of moments like in the second symphony, the great tune, or in the fifth symphony, that's one of my favorite moments ever. Exactly. But it's not just because the music is beautiful. It's because of what came before, this sense of something is happening, and I grasp a motif there, and I grasp an idea here. And he introduces that theme all over the place beforehand. It's in the bass line in the second movement. It comes up in the first movement. But... It's like a, a, a sort of amazing psychologist who's who's um, he's seeding ideas in your mm-hmm. brain so that when you finally get to the idea, you think it's kind of your own. You know, right. when yeah. you hear the thing, you're like, <laughs> it's a nice "This way is to put amazing!" It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he uh, he he also actually said of himself, I believe it was he that said of himself that he um, he feels like he's 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 been given a mos- mosaic mm. from heaven, and he puts the mosaic together. But sometimes that's what his pieces feel like to me, that it starts with that mosaic and you see each little bit. Um, and then those moments, as I mentioned, that where you're... I mean, I think everybody gets that with Sibelius in, in some of his yeah. works, that the hair standing on end, you feel like... Yeah, the opening you, of the second symphony for it, me is Exactly, awesome, yeah. I know. Yeah. But um, anyway, so that, that's... His language is... Um, is despite its early links with the, that German school and the Russian school, it is utterly distinct. And yeah. he, 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 that I mentioned withdrawal from the world at the beginning of what I was saying, that there's something about him musically taking his sort of roots, his education, and then sort of withdrawing and saying, I'm going to go my direction. Mm-hmm. And his, his seven symphonies are, for me, they're on the, on the sort of tree of music. They are, a branch that goes off on their own. Mm. Um, and again, they're, they're related to the tree, but 
there's no immediate comparison with another composer I find yeah, um, in yeah, the language. Absolutely. But yeah. you know, again, that's something to be discussed. And that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, throughout these, these this two weeks, right? Roughly, week yeah. and a half, two weeks. Yeah, of music. Um, the NAC is going to be flooded with opportunities for our audience to experience uh, a documentary series from what I understand. Yeah. An 11-part series, I believe. That's right. On his life. On his yeah. life with, with interviews from his family members. It should, it should be quite quite it, interesting to get that perspective. Exactly. And and yeah. the um, we, we can talk about it in a moment. The, the, the idea of surround in these festivals is very important. I mean, mm-hmm. that's sort of what defines a, a festival. It's not just the, the variety that we'll have on stage at Southern, but it's also the other offerings. So we have other uh, musicians coming in. We have Rioton mm-hmm. coming in. We have a Kindernako concert. We have Sarah McDougall coming in. We have the dancers from uh, Tero Sarenen. Uh, we have the Lapland Chamber Orchestra. Those are all on stage. So much. It's amazing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but then we have, uh, you know, off stage there'll be exactly this exhibit. I think it's called The World of Jean Sibelius. Mm-hmm. And that'll be in the Canal Foyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's produced by the Finnish documentarian uh, Pekka Hako. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it'll it'll, it'll apparently I, I'm yet to see it, but apparently explore um, his 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 life and his history. Um, and there's going to be noon hour concerts. There's going to be an exhibit on architecture and design, mm-hmm. pre concert chats, uh, post concert parties, and, and so on and so forth. And that that architecture and design uh, element is also something uh, interesting within the context of the newly renovated course, yeah. NAC. So. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, around the Sibelius Symphonies, you mentioned some of the other composers already. You mentioned uh, Summers, Vivier. Yep. Um, can you speak to, to some of the ideas behind this repertoire that you wanted to? Well, have? I mean, the one of the uh, things that we we sort of try to achieve here as much as possible is to to broaden, expand, and sort of deepen the um, the world of contemporary music in Canada. We try and mm-hmm. be a forum for it and 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 a, and a home for it. And um, I'm really delighted that we're. we're we're taking part in the in the premieres, plural of of Alex and Louise uh, uh, triple concerto that uh, includes the three concert masters of the three yeah, orchestras. So it's a really Jonathan unique Crow, project. Yosuke yeah. will be performing, and then and Andrew Wine. Um, and and again, I I've yet to see a score of this piece. Mm. Uh, I know Alexina's uh, music. I've done one of her pieces before. Uh, I did it in Vancouver, in fact. And um, but I I'm yet to see the score, and and that's. You know, revisiting Sibelius symphonies is one thing, mm-hmm. and that's it's always a delight. But as you well know, I mean, you're such a, a, a exponent and proponent of of new music. The um, that excitement of, of getting a new score and saying, "Let's bring it to life," yeah. and let's see, let's try in a few days to to build up as much experience with the pieces people have over a hundred mm-hmm. years with Sibelius yeah, symphonies. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that we're giving yeah. it this really because um, they do kind of change as, as, as you revisit pieces and mm-hmm. it's so important to do that. But um, no, so Alexine Lewis triple concerto will be will be very interesting. Uh, Matthew Whittle, I won't be conducting the piece. That's going to be Hannah Lintu. Mm-hmm. But uh, Angela Hewitt will be performing um, this uh, this piece which is I believe uh, is essentially a, a piano concerto, mm-hmm. or it's it's uh, again I haven't seen the score. I think it's a piano concerto or some kind of concerto concerto mm-hmm. poem or something for okay. <laughs> um, But I'll be at the concert and, and look forward to hearing it. And then um, the the then the the Sariaho, again is a new score for me. I'm yet to, to to look at. I'll be learning it over the summer on holiday. Um, but. Uh, the idea that John Storgards is going to be joining us mm-hmm. as a soloist, I think, is pretty cool. I also think it's really <laughs> great that that this piece is being programmed here. I'm good. A, a huge fan of of her music, 
And, She's fantastic. And her, it's yeah. so beautiful. I really think the audience is going to yeah. really take to it. It's I agree. The atmospheric quality of her her music is just yeah. Stunning. I agree. And yeah. that's you know she, she alone has such a, a huge canon of great pieces she's written. Mm-hmm. And and then there are there are many other uh, you know com- great Scandinavian composers and great Canadian composers who have not yet been represented in our yeah. in this. There's too many. And, <laughs> and that's what makes me think of. Uh, of the possibility of ideas of North becoming something that we can collectively explore mm. every few years, perhaps, okay. and say, all right, let's, let's dig into this and let's um, let's see how, yeah, the NAC could be maybe a center for that sort of Nordic musical relationship and artistic mm-hmm. relationship. But yeah, so so those are the um, uh, and of course the what's what's lovely. I was I've I've mentioned three Canadian, uh, well, two Canadian premieres, and then uh, and then the Sariaho that I'll be conducting. But what I think is lovely is that John Stoggards is coming along with the Lapland Chamber Orchestra, his mm-hmm. orchestra. Yes, and that they're actually bringing music by Summers and and Vivier. Yeah, they're doing um, a lot of Canadian music. Yeah, In which fact, I, it's a lovely gesture. I yeah, think. and and their wind quintet I hear is going to play John Astacio's wind quintet that he wrote for our principal winds here. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so the, you can go along judgingly and <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I'm, you know, I'm it's joking. a great <laughs> I, I never played it. <laughs> yeah, okay. How lovely. That that'll be really nice. Yeah. yeah. I thought I think that's a really nice gesture too. Though, I I agree. Yeah. yeah. So so no, that, that that's um uh, what's happening in terms of of uh, new music? We're also going to have on um, on the Casual Friday concert. We're going to have uh, one of Esbekasalan's pieces, Stockholm Diary for String Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also, um, I mean, he's one of the seminal musicians of yeah. our age. I mean, what a huge force! Exactly, yeah. a great conductor, an amazing uh, composer, and um, another name on that list of people where we could actually almost dedicated festival to them alone you know <laughs> absolutely so, so yeah the new music will be a very interesting part of it but we've um, if, from an audience point of view of course there will be pre-concert chats mm-hmm. about about the program and an opportunity uh, for the audience to sort of delve with me with with John with Hannah Lintu with any of the, the guest artists into each of these programs so we can talk you know once I've I've got to look at Alexina Louis's uh, mm-hmm. triple concerto. It will be in the context of Sibelius's Tapiola and his first symphony as we kick off the festival. Mm. And I can maybe speak a little bit more than I will, definitely, to her language and how, if, we, if we're exploring the idea of North, is there a, a single Canadian mm-hmm. influence or voice? I know, I know there isn't, having in the last couple of years done a lot of uh, Canadian yeah. music, is one of the beauties of, of, of actually contemporary music around the world is there are many different kinds of schools and approaches mm. some of them are um, very easy on the year some of them mm. are very challenging on the year um, and either direction is fine as long as it has integrity of course you know? yeah um, and so I'm I think it'll be an interesting uh, a week or two for our audiences to on the one hand sort of really delve back into Sibelius because we have all of his greatest works on the on the on the program here, symphonic works, um, and then and then to to get to know some new composers. Mm-hmm. We've we've talked about the symphonies in depth a bit, but there's also a lot of his tone poems. Yeah, which is really exciting to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have Tapiola. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, the Ocean Nights. I never know how to pronounce that. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Pahola's daughter. Lemminkainen. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. There's that's a lot great. Of, of great. Um, I mean, and that's that's you know, t- Tapiola is also is 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 in a way his last symphony. He mm-hmm. wrote it. He wrote it last, and um, is is a great. 
it also has a great, a beautiful symphonic structure within mm -hmm. it in this tiny form. I mean, it's a, it's a what is it, 15, 17 minute yeah. tone poem, depending on tempo. That's one of those pieces. Sometimes it's twenty minutes, sometimes <laughs> it's fifteen. But, um, but yeah, no, he was he was a great writer of tone poems as well. And sometimes the Seventh Symphony, which and I didn't talk this uh, talk about this when when uh, talking about the symphonies earlier. Um, he, I mentioned that it's a it's a sort of journey of him reducing bit by bit. Uh, the the scale, mm -hmm. but it, they become more and more intense. So where, whereas they start with being, you know, balls, let's say, made of a material that is 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 uh, it would bounce if you dropped it. Mm -hmm. Once you get to the end, there's such a density of of material and and structure in the seventh symphony that it, it couldn't really be more than twenty minutes long, mm -hmm. which is what it yeah, is. Yeah. And it goes through in one movement. He experiments with that through his. His symphonic oeuvre with he starts with four movements in the first symphony. You know the fifth is different again, and 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 then by the time he gets to seventh, he just goes for the one one movement, mm -hmm. which flows uh, kind of on the one hand effort, effortlessly. On the other hand, you can feel that there's this journey being fought with to the the culmination, and that that culmination is this final C major chord that the orchestra achieves, and it's it's a very strange moment. Because it's after a few minutes of impassioned, sort of desperate, um, yearning, rich orchestral playing that, that's trying to reach this C major. And then when he reaches it, mm -hmm. he doesn't hold it or do kind of a crash bang, here we are, C major or right. anything. He reaches the chord and it's only four beats long and, or two beats long. And then, and then it's gone. Yeah. Um, and that's, um, again, he, he reached this sort of, uh, I don't know. It's it's. I was gonna say something like a sort of emotionally pragmatic place, but where where once he'd achieved what he wanted to achieve, he he let it go. But again, I think that's wrong because it's also deeply, you know, pragmatism it, it implies this a lack of romanticism. Mm -hmm. But he there's a fire in 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 all his symphonies. But as you go to the other end, as you go to the seventh, um, something really desperately human about yes, it yeah. um and and I, I i mean i love his symphonies they as i said they're, they're sort of an aside on it, it's it, when you when you work through the the sort of russian repertory or if you work through the 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 german symphonic repertory you can feel an inexorable link between the composers mm. building on one another you know it couldn't have happened any other way right, right. <laughs> whereas yeah anyway i no, I, I can't i can't wait for it it's yeah. great I'm, I'm i know we're all really excited in the orchestra too the good to, yeah. to play all the sibelius and everything else yeah. that's on the list there good um we talked a little bit about what's going on around in at the, yep. N the nac during these days so you mentioned the noon concerts the yeah. the the, pr the discussion <clears throat> on architecture and design i think is really interesting as a as a as a uh, complimentary idea to this festival because, of course, the NAC is going to have its grand opening this week. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the, the new space, I've gotten a sneak peek at it. It's, it's great. It's great, yeah. yeah, to take the brutalist architecture yeah. that was originally yeah. the the the, uh, the building's design and to yeah. complement it with a lot more light. And, and that's a very good way of putting it, the complimenting. And I, I, was, I was, in turn, excuse the pun, complimenting the, the team yesterday because uh, we... we there is a parallel in music. Um, composers that are asked to or, or, or decide they want to try and complete a piece by Mozart or Schubert mm -hmm. or Mahler, whatever, an unfinished work, um, you kind of have two options. One is to just go in and say, I am who I am and 
this is how I feel it's going to end. But of course, people with integrity will say, well, what is at the core of this piece? And what is what is the musical DNA? How it's how is it put together? And they will then take that <clears throat> and they'll use that as the building blocks for continuing and finishing it. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't even mean that they need to write pastiche if they're doing Mozart or Mahler. They mm. could, as long as they've really understood the integrity of of that musical DNA, they could then finish it in a contemporary uh, musical mm-hmm. language, and it would still have a true link to to you know what Mahler or whoever was was writing. And and it's similar with a building like this. They they went into the detail. They looked at the the plans and the structures and the geometry behind how this building was put mm-hmm. together. The philosophy of brutalism, and they they appear. I mean, I know nothing about architecture, but from what I've been reading and looking at, um, they appear to have approached it in a very similar way to say, mm-hmm. let's understand the fundamentals of what the architect wanted. Let's uh, understand the fundamentals of the period, and internalize that. And then let's say, what are we trying to achieve with the mm-hmm. building? We're trying to open it up. Mm-hmm. Um, times are, are different, and they could change again. Of course, people mm-hmm. may view. I, I'm always aware. I think everybody's aware of that. You know, when yeah. the clothes we wear, we always yeah. think, "Well, this is completely normal." Right. Look at what they wore in the yeah. '70s and the '80s and stuff. But it may be that we look incredibly anachronistic in 20 years with our right. clothing, and who knows? Maybe this will too. But the the only thing you can do is is work with that kind of integrity and say it was finished in 2017 with beauty and integrity. Mm-hmm. And if in 2075 they say hey, it's weird, then they can... You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but no, I, I love what they've done. And I think that's part of what this discussion is going to be around. Um, I believe the architect will be there, right? To yeah, discuss they, it. yeah, exactly. Um, the Diamond Schmidt will be... Uh, Donald Schmidt from uh, Diamond Schmidt Architects yes, will yeah. be there. And Rachel Schiffman will be there, who who uh, built the uh, Isabel, Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts at Queen's University and the Norwegian right. National Opera and Ballet. Um, and... Paul Wells will host that one. That looks really interesting. Paul Wells. Yeah. That guy. (laughs) They have no chance if Paul Wells is here. He'll he'll take them to the cleaners. (laughs) It's interesting that, you you know, you talk about the... I know nothing about architecture either, but just from my my amateur perspective, Mm. the... um, it seems they maintained the architecture, but they softened the materials. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, like there's a lot more light. There's a lot more wood in some cases. Absolutely, it's it's yeah. really and it's really nice. I yeah. think it's great. That no, it's, it, it is going to be beautiful. And and of course, we want to with the festival be using those spaces. Yes, as well. I I only went in there the first time yesterday as well, mm-hmm. and and I love it. It's you can really imagine it already populated mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, you know, either sitting around having a coffee at the coffee shop, mm-hmm. using the Wi-Fi, having a look at what's going on in this building because. I know. I mean, it was it was designed as a kind of fortress for the arts, mm-hmm. and that's one way to see it. I mean, that's 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 nice in its yeah. way, um, but we do live in a in a slightly different and more interconnected world where the mm-hmm. idea of of siphoning things off and and keeping them safe is is not modern, right? Um, yeah. And not realistic. Uh, and often, uh, even even working here, um, sometimes it will take me a. Uh, longer than I would have expected to realize uh, what great shows are going on in the building sometimes. Yeah, Just because things are sort of, you know, there's more walls yeah. than you'd wish for. Now that they've gone, and, and I can't wait to see how people, someone hopefully just walking along the street here or visiting the Cenotaph or the, the tourists coming across from Parliament or somebody on their way mm-hmm. to work in town uh, will say, hey, I, I want to stop in for a coffee or I want to look at the view onto the, to the canal from, mm-hmm. from that building because it looks beautiful. And then they'll see the, the, the huge artistic offering that, that's happening here. Hopefully, well, it will be the case that a lot of these rooms that are 
uh, uh, open to the public, mm. the, you know, around the foyer and the atrium, they will see rehearsals going on there. They'll see education going on there. Um, and, and that discussion around how buildings look and more specifically how buildings are designed uh, in Nordic countries, mm-hmm. the weather, you know, the environment, the, the way people live their lives, that's something that's going to be discussed. And, and architects, of course... Yeah, very interesting to, to to hear talk about sort of sociology and and, mm-hmm. and about lifestyles and about how people actually do interact with their environment because that's what they spend their whole time yeah, thinking it's about. Yeah, fascinating. It's their, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's their bread and butter. So I'm going to be interested to hear those those talks as well and see how many similarities there are between you know Oslo and and Stockholm and Copenhagen and Ottawa yeah. and Vancouver and and see whether. Um, there are sort of rules of thumb that they can say nowadays when you're in a Nordic mm. country and how much it differs from, let's say, a Lincoln Center or a Barbican Center or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, so that that should be uh, very interesting indeed. And um, and I think over the couple of weeks, there'll be several opportunities to, to, to chat with them. Um, yeah. It's going to be really interesting, I think. I think, I think the so. audience is in for a real treat. Yeah. Um, the festival happens October, forgive me, I can't remember the exact date. The, it's uh, the opening date is October 3rd. Okay. And, and the final the concert 14th. is October 14th. Right, okay. And there will, of course, at the after parties be some local drinks going around. Oh, really? So we're looking for, for some kind of way Nordic to... Nordic-style drinks? <laughs> yeah, Nordic-style <laughs> drinks. Always a highlight for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you said October 4th? Sorry, October 3rd, 3rd to, to 14th. 14th yeah. yeah. Okay, well... And is there... I think we have a night off on the 8th. That's my birthday. We'll have to hey, go out, go out and do more drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for taking yeah. the time today to talk about this. Thank you uh, very It's going to be really exciting. Looking thanks, forward Sean. to it. Thank you.
This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NEC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.